Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. If one of your goals for 2020 is to rock your email marketing, then girl, I've got just the thing. Email marketing used to be a pain point for me because I have tried every platform out there. Now I use Flowdesk, a new platform that is changing the email marketing game. I could tell you a thousand reasons why I'm obsessed with Flowdesk, but you'll have to see for yourself. You will fall in love with the beautiful templates, easy to use interface, and having unlimited everything. That's right. If you get on board right now, you get unlimited subscribers, emails, workflows, and forms for life. And the best part, if you enter code Haley, you get all of this for only $19 a month. Again, for life. Seriously, just enter code H-A-Y-L-E-Y and you'll lock in a $19 a month subscription for an unlimited amount of everything Flowdesk has to offer for life. That's an unbeatable deal for your business and your peace of mind. 2020 is the year to change your email marketing. So head to Flowdesk, enter code Haley, and make it your best year in business yet. Welcome back to another episode of Females on Fire. Today is a good one. I am talking with Maddie Shine. And Maddie is based in London, England, which is so exciting. I've always wanted to go to London and is known as the SEO queen to her clients. Maddie truly believes that SEO, instead of standing for search engine optimization, stands for so exciting, obviously, because she's right. What is more exciting than getting paid to do what you love by more people who will pay you to do it? Maddie is an SEO expert, and that is exactly what we are talking about today. But we're actually diving deeper into the specifics of SEO, and Maddie is going to give us tons of her tips and advice on keywords specifically, and how you can figure out which keywords are best for you and your business, and how you use those keywords to start ranking on search engines like Google. So this is a huge conversation for you to tune into for your business because it is going to make a very big impact on the way that you handle your marketing and getting a game plan together for SEO so that you can really beef it up and start making sure that you are getting on those first couple pages of search results and getting right in front of your clients so that you can inevitably make more money and more of an impact. So I just know that you guys are going to love Maddie and all of her advice. So let's tune in. Hi, Maddie. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks, Haley. I'm super excited. Yes, very excited to have you for sure. 
Before we dive in to talking all things SEO and keywords, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and who you are and how you got to working at, with SEO and running your own business? Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, as he, hello everyone, I'm Maddie. And although my surname is actually Jones, I'm known as Maddie Shine because that is my Instagram name. Um, and also I run an SEO consultancy called Making Your Business Shine because that's exactly what I love to do. I, as you can tell probably from my accent, I am from England. <laughs> I live in London and I have been working as a freelance SEO consultant full-time just over five years um, but I started there was a little bit of overlap there for about two to three years before I went full-time with this I've always been in the kind of online world the online marketing kind of world so I've actually been on online completely for about 21 years um, which is kind of crazy really to think about um, but basically I was a teenage nerd I was, you know, mum and dad got the internet for dad's work in 1998 and I did what most teenagers do, which is design my first website. <laughs> so basically I had no one, no one else knew, I knew had the internet. So I just kind of cracked on and learned HTML coding. And I was immediately struck by the kind of limitless opportunities that the internet kind of introduced in everyone's lives. And then of course I went on and studied uh, business with marketing at uni and then went into marketing and office jobs working here in London for about eight years before then going, uh, going traveling and then realizing that I really wanted to work for myself. And then that's how it all kind of rolled into that. But I've always been very excited about SEO, which is not a sentence that everyone says, I'm aware. Um, I've always been very excited about SEO because, like I said, I love the limitless opportunity that the internet gives us, the power of connection. I am a very friendly, very sociable person, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't always, you know, this confident and all this kind of thing. And I really wanted to find my people if you know what I mean. I really wanted to find people with whom I shared these common interests and things like that. And they weren't always the people around me. And so basically what I found was that actually there was all these different ways that you could, you could find out more about your specific interests through the wonder of the internet. It didn't just have to be a CD-ROM that we all loaded on one computer at school. I don't know whether you remember that, but basically that used to be like the source of all information. And then the internet came along and it was very exciting. So then for, for me to kind of move into this world, actually looking back feels quite natural. In fact, I was talking about this with someone the other day and we were talking about careers tests at school. And, you know, we had to do all these kind of personality tests, and aptitude tests and things like that. And I really, it really struck me that my job now did not exist um, in those, you know, in that, in that time. And that's why it didn't come up or anything like it. In fact, really radically different things came up like social worker, and that's because I like listening um, and supporting people, or teacher, and that's because I really like sharing information, or enough, nothing to do with computers came up whatsoever, which is quite interesting. Um, I don't know, did anything, did you do anything like that at school, Hayley? Uh, we, we did, we took a, I went to a private school, so we did a couple little aptitude tests and things, and um, I, I usually got something along the lines of like business or 
law or, you know, things like that, because that was very much where my, my mind was focused. I was always very like logical and analytical and, you know, so kind of, kind of surprising now that I run a business that is a little more on the creative side because creative was, was never necessarily my strong suit, even though I was creative. It just, it wasn't my, uh, my main strength, but yeah, we definitely did a couple of those for sure. Well, that, well, that's the thing you see. And then, so when I went into freelance work, I was like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to support people to get found. I want them to help, help them recognize what marketing even is. You know, I had a, quite a few friends who had kind of side hustles going on and things like that here in London. And then what I realized was actually, I just really need to focus. I need to focus. I can't just be kind of a general marketing consultant, because as we all know, if you go general, you're not going to go very far. So I really wanted to niche down. And SEO was really what I saw people needed, uh, particularly because my specialty, if you like, is talking about SEO and all things getting found on Google in a way that people don't want to switch off. I really like taking information that's presented in quite a dry and dull way in, you know, in a much more exciting way, um, in a way that people feel motivated to do something about it because A, they see the benefit in doing it but also they actually understand what needs to be done. And so therefore, of course, it's gonna be easier to chew into it basically. Um, so yes, yeah, so I started out in the wedding industry because I myself was getting married yeah, about seven, eight years ago. And then I word quickly spread about how useful I was. I was very, very lucky in that way. And basically I um, started getting asked to speak at events and workshops and conferences and podcasts and lots of lovely opportunities and I have been yeah working in this basically with kind of creative women um for yeah for for a few years now so it's it's super fun and I'm really really glad that yeah it's continuing to grow it's great I love that I love that your your whole business just streamlined out of the fact that you just really want to help people Yes. Um, you said that so many times and, and, and it really shows like you can hear the passion in your voice for (laughs) to help people. And I always love meeting, you know, other entrepreneurs that that was their main focus. And I think those are usually the businesses that do the best and go the farthest because when you come from that place of just wanting to serve other people and saying, how can I help? Inevitably you're going to grow bigger. People are going to like to be around you more and like to, to buy from you and they're going to trust you and, you know, all of those things that are wrapped up into that. So I love it that you just really wanted to help people. And, and even more so, I love that you figured out how to help people and what they were needing in an area that, like you said, not a lot of other people really love. Cause let's face it, SEO is not um, a favorite of most <laughs> business owners and entrepreneurs, but I, I love that you you said, okay, I, I have these skills. I can learn more skills. I, this is a great way to help people. I know this is something that people need and you were so willing to just step into that. I think that, that flexibility and that understanding of what people are looking for, I think is what probably has led to a lot of the success that you've had in business. Um, and, and I just think that's so cool. I love hearing these stories of entrepreneurs who who did this. And and so I always, I always just get excited when I hear like other entrepreneurs who are stepping into something that's a little harder or a little less, um, 
not less fun, but ha- there's an idea around it of it being less fun. Yes. Um, and then making it fun and making it their own and, and, and being unique in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I just think that, you know, life already feels pretty hard. Let's not make it harder than it needs to be. Mm, definitely agree with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, let's dive in to this conversation about SEO because I know our listeners are probably, you know, have lots of questions. Um, I know it's, it's a hot topic, but one of those that people get kind of easily uh, frustrated with because it can be really complicated if you don't know what you're doing. Um, And so I know today we want to specifically dive in on keywords and how to rank for keywords and how to figure out which ones you're supposed to use and all of those things. Um, but first and foremost, can you just kind of tell everybody in case there's somebody who really doesn't quite understand what it is, can you kind of explain what keywords are and how search engines use them to decide where to put you on a page? Absolutely. So keywords are actually phrases. So phrases, a string of words that you need to use on your website to describe the type of business you want to attract, the type of services that you offer, the type of products that you offer. And you put them in on your website in particular ways, uh, both on your website and also off your website, which we'll come to in a bit, to basically attract more business to you. So this way, Google will understand, ah, that's what their website is about. Therefore, we're going to put that in our rankings so that when people are searching for that phrase, that website's going to come up. That's essentially what it is. Love it. Nice and simple. (laughs) Perfect. Very perfect. Yeah, I know. I think so many people get confused because we hear the term keyword and first of all, I think a lot of people don't realize that it can be phrases. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are trying to rank for like single keywords and that can be, you know, sometimes very difficult. So, um, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to the term keywords. So I like the way you broke that down. It was nice and and easy to understand. Um, so how do we find out which keywords are going to be best for us? Do you have a a process or a tool that you recommend where, you know, let's say for example, you know, you mentioned you started out in the wedding industry and I did too. So let's say that you're a wedding planner. What, um, you know, obviously you want to rank for weddings, but is that too generic? Like how specific and niche should you really get? And and how do you figure out what's going to be best to rank for? Okay. So lots of different questions there. Great. Okay. So basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll try and remember them all, but basically, so with your keywords, the reason it's not a single word is because if you think about it, okay. So you, you're, t- you're trying to find a wedding planner in your local town or city or state or country. Okay. So say you're going right, New York wedding planner. Well, that's very specific because that means all the new, all the wedding planners who have put in New York, who are based in New York, most usually, uh, will appear on page one, okay? But if you just type in wedding planner, that will actually um, only show results for people who are trying, well, basically, it's going to have a massive mishmash of results, okay? It'll show wedding planners, perhaps potentially uh, geographically close to you, wherever you are in the world, Um, potentially... Um, it'll just be quite generic websites, so maybe wedding planner directories 
or wedding blogs that talk about wedding planners. Um, and then let's even look down at one, one single word there. If you just Google weddings, then you're definitely not going to find the solution that you're looking for if you are indeed searching for a New York wedding planner. So basically what we want to do is we want to niche down. So what I have is I have a lot of luxury uh, wedding clients, for example, who say, well, I want to rank for luxury. Well, no, you don't. You want to because that means you're competing with every other brand in the entire world, not just in the wedding industry that uses the word luxury. You're competing with dictionary definitions. You're competing with Wikipedia. You don't want to be doing that. You want to be competing with other luxury wedding planners. And so actually what, what you really need to do is have a brainstorming session before you touch any tools, before you touch Google, anything like that. What you really want to do is get a good old fashioned Sharpie and paper out and basically brainstorm, you know, some questions about what it is you sell. So figure out what are you selling? How do you describe it in two to three words at a time? So you might have a great long list of different phrases by the end of this. What are you selling? Is it product ranges? Is it, um, is it a service in different areas of the country? Is it, is it a service in different towns, cities, states? And then you need to think about what is unique about what you're selling. So you're not just a New York wedding planner. You might be an alternative New York wedding planner. You might be a New York elopement wedding planner. You might have different services and lots of people will obviously offer lots of different services. You might say, well, yes, I do an engagement. Uh, you might, I might, might be a proposal planner. I might be an elopement planner. I might be an events planner. I might also be a wedding planner. And so all of these phrases can all go down your list, but you need to put the geographical location next to each of them. So if you were a wedding planner in four different cities, for example, you need to put all those phrases down. So New York wedding planner, Seattle wedding planner, a London wedding planner, wherever it is. If you do destination weddings, you also need to put destination wedding planner down as well. So you really need to niche down and go as detailed as possible. Two to three words per keyword phrase is great for now. Then you need to think about where are you selling it? So like I was saying, the geographical locations. Now, so many people will say to me, oh, but Maddie, I really want to do lots and lots of different locations. Well, that's great. But first of all, you need to start off with where you already have work in your portfolio. If you're brand new, then just start off in, in one area. Don't try and spread yourself too thin. Otherwise, you'll find yourself just going around in circles. So basically, if you've only got, well, when I say only, if you've got portfolio work in, say, two cities and you want to rank for four cities, then just focus on the two cities where you've already got work because that means you've got the content to back it up when you do come to start um, updating your website. Then you need to think about who are you selling these products and services to? So who is your ideal client? That good old fashioned question that everybody asks across all the marketing platforms across everywhere. We need to think about what, who our ideal client is and how do they describe what we do? So you might be thinking, well, how do I find that out? Well, what you do is you go and talk to them. And if you don't have any clients at the moment, you go and search in forums, you know, dedicated to your industry. You go and search in Facebook groups. You go and, you know, have a good old session on Google. Find out what people are saying about the, about the work that you do. 
so you know how else to describe your work. Because for example, loads of photographers I know love to describe themselves as alternative wedding photographer. However, people aren't really describing it like that. They're describing it as colorful wedding photography or you know, using some other adjective. So you also need to add those phrases to the list where you've got your Sharpie and your paper. That definitely makes sense. These are great. So basically that, yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just kind of thinking, have I, have I said all the points I wanted to? I think I have, but essentially you need to start off with that brainstorming session. Does that make sense? It does. It definitely does. So how many keywords or keyword phrases, I guess we should say, do you recommend that people try to rank for? So, Cause I, I know we see a lot of people who, um, they're, they've got like that one keyword phrase, like you were talking about, you know, luxury wedding photographer in wherever New York, you know? Um, so they've got that one phrase and we see people who like go all in trying to rank for that one thing. And then we see the opposite where we have people who are trying to rank for like 30 different uh, keywords and they're using them almost as if they're Instagram hashtags. So <laughs> yes. Is there like a certain number or sort of range that you feel like works best that you need to put your efforts into? So it all goes back to what content do you have? Okay. So if you are fairly new, um, then you might only have, you know, two cities kind of thing. You might, your content might only be in two cities. So in which case you would just look at a few different keyword phrases for each of those two cities. Okay. So certainly don't limit to one or two phrases. So many people do that. And it's such a dangerous strategy to have because actually you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. So I would suggest at least 10 to 15 keyword phrases. Um, but then it depends because I've got some clients who have content from all different sorts of cities and towns. Uh, they have content for barn weddings and urban weddings and all these kinds of things. They want to rank for those as well. So what we do in that case is we have quite a long list. You know, we might have up to 50 keyword phrases for them, but we have a focus of five to 10 keyword phrases. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's very, very helpful. Excellent. I think that answers a lot of questions. <laughs> Our listeners probably have. So that's great. So let's say now they've figured out what keywords they want to try to target and they've got their list and, and now they're ready to go. Now what? How do you actually rank for those keywords? What needs to be done? Um, and, and is it is it a one-time thing or are there things that you need to be doing regularly? Okay, so SEO needs to be worked on regularly. Just like social media, just like all your marketing efforts, it's never one and done. It never is. Um, there are various packages out there that people can buy saying, right, optimize your website and then off you go. Um, that is a good start, but you definitely need to continue the hard work. Now, once you've got the keyword list, you then need to measure the popularity because you might be thinking, oh, New York wedding photography, that might be really popular. But then Brooklyn wedding photography, that's more specific and it might not be as popular. So you might have that on your list, for example. So what you need to do is use a tool to actually measure how many people on average a month are actually searching for this particular phrase. 
and there are loads and loads of tools there are free tools there are paid tools there are tools where sometimes it's just an indication you don't actually know how gospel it is so to speak and actually the specific numbers you know everybody kind of debates in the seo community people are saying oh well no it's not that tool anymore it's this one and so i do you know even in the time between recording this and um, and the podcast going live it might have changed again so there are loads and loads of keyword keyword measuring tools keyword search volume tools so i do advise anyone who's listening to this to go out and find a free one that suits them um, so which is why I'm probably I'm not going to commit to, uh, to mentioning any particular names here, but there are loads of them and it will give an indication as to which ones are popular. So what you want to do is you want to get one that's high volume. OK, so go through that list and write down, OK, what's the number next to each of those phrases on your list? And then what you want to do is actually when you get the search volume, it will also let you know the tool that you're using, whether it's high, medium or low. Now, this means high, it means lots of other people who do what you do are also trying to rank for this search term. So it will be harder to rank for that. Medium, it means, you know, less people and low means um, hardly anyone is trying to rank for that search term. Now, the great thing about this is that what you really want to do is find those magical keyword phrases that have a nice high search volume, but um are still relevant to your business so that's why it's important to put the geographical location and not just wedding planner because wedding planner is very you know it'll have like tens of thousands of search volume but it won't be very relevant to your specific target client because you want the location right so you want that magical combination of a nice high search volume and then medium or low competition and so that's what you then take to go um, onto your website and start updating the pages. Now, when you actually come to your pages and your blog posts, you really need to assign one keyword phrase from your list to each website page. Now, the reason you do this is to create a clear focus for that page so that when Google comes to check out your website and when readers come to check out your website, because it's kind of like, you know, chicken and egg, then basically what you'll find is that um, because you're creating that clear focus, so this page is, is all about New York wedding planning and this other page is all about Seattle wedding planning. I don't know why I'm choosing those two cities all the time, um, but basically then the focus is really, really clear. Whereas if you constantly try and say New York and Seattle, New York and Seattle everywhere, then you're not going to get the attention for either of those phrases um, particularly well because your, your focus is mixed and therefore readers won't really understand what the focus is are you new york or are you seattle um, and then therefore google will not is that clear it does yeah and that's actually that's really helpful because i think that's like an even more confusing part of the process so i think <laughs> yeah. you broke that down really well and i i think that's especially helpful because I know a lot of our listeners are running businesses where they probably are working in multiple areas or multiple states, or um, we especially have a lot of like online businesses. So then they're, they're trying to really pull people from everywhere, um, which kind of brings up the question for me, what do you recommend for them? So for example, um, if you're like a 
a speaker or a course creator or something like that where you're not necessarily targeting a specific city or state or area, what do you do with your keywords then? Okay, so basically what you'll find is that your search volume for any way that you describe your business will be much lower. That's simply how it is. So say, for example, you're a Facebook ad specialist for creative businesses. If you type that in, you're probably not going to get uh, very relevant hits or maybe very, um, you know, you're, you're probably just not going to get that many people typing that in specifically. So what you've got to do is think about what questions those people are asking. What questions are your ideal clients asking? So, for example, I, um, I offer wedding SEO services as part of my remit. Now, wedding SEO doesn't have that high search volume. However, um, if people type in questions that I have answered as a blog post, whether a guest blog post or on my own site, then that means that I'm going to come up on page one. OK, so, for example, how, how to tell Google I exist. That's one of my very popular blog posts. And so, of course, that shows, shows people that I am an SEO expert. It shows people the solution to what on earth they are trying to figure out. And basically, it's another way to then get more business. So this is what it comes down to. It's not just the main keyword phrases, for example, the main services and products that you offer but it's also the questions that people are asking. So that can also be an example of a keyword phrase. So what you would then do is assign it to a blog post and then keep it really simple, keep the information quite light. You don't have to write in a whole essay. Um, no one's gonna read it um, if it's a whole essay anyway. Um, as everyone knows, you know, we have to keep the blog post nice and short and simple paragraphs and everything. But, Basically, what you can then do is then check how you rank for those phrases as well. That's very helpful. Yeah. The thing I love about this the most is it's putting the emphasis back on your clients and not on you so much. Because, you know, if you're more focused on what your clients are asking for and what people are searching for, then it's less about, oh, well, I'm a, you know, motivational speaker and more about, okay, what do people actually need and what are they looking for and how can I step into that space? Yeah, so I love, um, I love that. I, you know, I, I mentioned before that I think when you come from that place of wanting to help other people and wanting to solve their problems, you, you inevitably grow bigger and go farther. And so I think this is, this is where a lot of that success comes in. I feel like, because you really have to step back and say, okay, this isn't about me or what title I want to have or what I want Google to know me for. It's about how I can step into a space to solve a problem for somebody else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is also then where guest blogging comes in as well, because Say, for example, you uh, recognize that there are certain people in your field where, you know, they have a blog and and they and they're basically their audience is also your target market. Then get in touch with them. Pitch these ideas, uh, you know, with kind of the questions that you want to answer in your articles. And that's also how you're going to get traffic, because, of course, then you'll get a link back to your website, which will also help your SEO. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic to do this and not enough people do this um, because it's not just all about 
yeah it's not just all about your core services it's about okay here's what i have a value and this is why you should listen to me and that's essentially what seo is google is like um i came up with a new analogy the other day actually google's like the biggest loudmouth in the playground okay if you if you're having a party you tell google they're they're going to be going around and tell people okay they're, they're, they 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 want to be helpful there but you know you've got to tell them specific information otherwise they're just going to tell everybody everything and your message is going to get lost um if you tell the more specific the information you tell them about what you do and who you are and who you help then the more they're going to be able to put you in touch with the people who are looking for you and your solution that definitely makes sense i love that analogy too that's so perfect <laughs> It works, right? <laughs> yeah, it's great. And it, it makes so much sense too. So I love that. Well, <laughs> any, any final tips, anything that you feel like maybe we didn't touch on that our listeners just absolutely have to know? I think that um, what lots of people do is then get really overwhelmed by, oh my goodness, where on earth do I start? And it's all about creating a plan. You can't eat a whole elephant at once. You have to eat it in bite-sized chunks. That's what a teacher told me when I was 16. And I've never forgotten it. It's quite visual, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but basically what you really do need to do is keep it simple, but work on it consistently. That would be my final tip. I love that. Yes, that's so good. And that that's really helpful too, because I can already hear we have some listener somewhere that's going to be like, oh my gosh, I have Instagram and Pinterest and my website and my blog and my email list and all of these things. I cannot add one more. So I, I, I love the idea of, you know, actually making a plan for it because I feel like so often SEO is kind of that thing that gets put on the back burner a little bit. Um, and it's that thing that people just really aren't sure how to create a plan for, you know, like I said, it can be complicated if you don't know what you're doing and, you know, they don't know like what they're supposed to be looking for or how they actually make a dent in where they're ranking. And so that's why I was so excited about this conversation. And I think you gave so many little wonderful nuggets of insight and wisdom that I think they're going to really love implementing in their businesses. So I'm excited. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear how it all goes for everyone. Thank you. Well, since it's the end of the episode, I do want to close out with a fun little lightning round that I love doing with my guests. So <laughs> okay. let's dive into that. Let's do it. What does your morning routine look like? Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This Okay. So short answer is trying not to look at my phone for as long as possible. Um, how, eating some breakfast whilst I do my makeup and um, listening to my meditations talks. There we go. I love that. Yeah, that's great. I have so much trouble not looking at my phone. I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right. What is the last book that you read? Oh, goodness. I'm terrible at reading books, but I went on holiday just before Christmas and I read one and it was all about, God, what was the title? It was so good. I was raving about it on my Instagram. I loved it so much. It, I believe it was called The Flatmates. And it was about two London flatmates. And it was a brilliant piece of fiction. Really, really enjoyed it. Very cool. That's awesome. What is one thing that you recommend to everyone? So this can be like a service that you love using for your business or a product that you're obsessed with whatever you want, but something that you just recommend to everybody, you feel like everybody has to have it. 
Ah, well, I am a massive fan of Asana, which is a task management system that I have been using um, for about seven years now. Massive, massive fan. And basically I use it like I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. So I use it like Dumbledore's pensive. So shout out <laughs> to the Harry Potter fans out there. Um, <laughs> and I download all my thoughts and it is so, so useful. And then I organize it all through. So I've got quotes that I've loved. I've got insights that I've had. I keep, I keep my budget in there now. And I also try to get clients onto it. They're not so keen. I'm a massive, massive fan for like content ideas and exciting things happening. So, uh, so yeah, I'm a massive fan of Asana. I love that. I know we have a couple people in the community, in this community that love Asana. So I think they're probably right there with you. (laughs) All right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? The best piece of advice that I've ever been given is to be gentle with myself. Mm, that's a good one. Oh, that's a really good one. Such a nice reminder that I think we all probably need. Oh, yes. Yes. We are, <laughs> we are experts at being hard on ourselves. Very and true. I, think that, I don't think we need to do that anymore. Yeah, very true. Totally <laughs> agree. <laughs> all right. Well, Maddie, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website and socials and where would you like them to follow along? Thank you so much. So you can check out my website at business-shine.co.uk. There's loads of free advice and resources on my blog there. You can check out my YouTube channel, Gin and Magic, where I chat to strong creative women about how they make their lives work. You can come and follow me on Instagram, maddie.shine, where I usually dance to cheesy tunes on my stories, as well as chat along with everybody I absolutely love. Uh, the activity that goes on on Instagram, big fan, big fan. Um, and also I have a free Facebook community called So Exciting Obviously, which is for creative women, um, because So Exciting Obviously is what I think SEO stands for, because in my book, what's more exciting than getting paid to do what you love? I love that. And we will link all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to find Maddie and connect with her, go check that out. Maddie, thank you so much. I really, like I said, I'm so excited about this episode. So excited, obviously, as you said, (laughs) Um, uh, but I'm I'm just so excited because I really do think that this is going to be super helpful. You gave so many tips and so much wisdom about how to make this work and how to get a little bit better at SEO and understand keywords and just start ranking and you know, getting more clients and bringing in more money and all of those things that we all want to do so badly. So I just truly appreciate your time and you just being so open to sharing your wisdom and and just thank you for coming on and sharing with our listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me, Haley. And yes, if anyone has any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram, more than happy to help. Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. 
I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.